having a pivot in terms of career can be really tough in terms of just getting up to speed uh, with peers who might have been in that industry for longer or have a stronger skill set at first and whatnot. But I think you, if you can be resourceful and um, and again, just kind of keep asking for advice, you can learn how to get up to speed pretty quickly. And, um, and so I think just not being intimidated by that is, is important. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to season two of the Girls Into VC podcast. Girls Into VC is the first organization dedicated to empowering young women to enter venture capital. We are forming a pipeline of talented and motivated young women ready to enter the field of venture capital with the educational resources and mentorship we provide. My name is Krika Jane, and I am your podcast host. On today's episode, I'd like to welcome Taylor Jean-Jacques, currently an investment professional at General Atlantic. A Princeton graduate, Taylor has spent her time in two different industries, starting off as a software engineer at Facebook, then moving into finance at Fidelity Investments and JP Morgan, and now in private equity at General Atlantic. I'm sure she has valuable insights to share about pivoting industries and careers given her diverse career path. Welcome to the podcast, Taylor. I'm so happy to have you on. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So personally, I'm excited to hear about you and your career path today because I myself study finance in college and internet a PE firm as well. So it'll be interesting to kind of compare and see the similarities and differences. So to begin with, can you share your career path with us? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess my career path, obviously I've had a longtime interest in both technology um, and finance. I really started out with technology. I was really into coding starting in high school and was building apps and websites on my own. I took a bunch of computer science classes. I did internship at a tech startup. Um, and so that really carried through to college. I went to Princeton and there I studied psychology, statistics and machine learning. So it was kind of a combination of between the computer science and psychology departments um, and continued to pursue my interest in technology. I did internships at Facebook. First, I was on the um, Android advertising team. And so it's working on a project uh, basically to review ads. And then in then I switched to the Instagram team. I was on the discovery, specifically the discovery team and working on the hashtag page and writing code for the discovery page. Um, and so, you know, while I was doing this and taking class at Princeton, I realized, although I enjoyed coding, I was a bit more interested in thinking about the products and like the strategy behind the products versus um, building out the products without, you know, having much say um, in, in the high, higher level strategy. And so that made me kind of think about other options. And I also had had an interest in finance. I think I bought my first stock when I was around like 13 years old. So in, in, in high school and, but hadn't really pursued it that seriously. And so for my last uh, internship at Princeton, I just entered at Fidelity. And so it was mostly covering a lot of uh, public companies. And so that was a really great, interesting experience and was really looking to pursue my interest in technology and also from this like a finance perspective. And so by the time I was in my senior year at, uh, at Princeton, I had a lot of friends doing investment banking. And so I kind of heard about it and there were a few banks that had that uh, that reached out and said, you know, we have a tech investment banking team. Why don't you come and join and help really focus on advising tech companies? And so I thought that was a really great fit um, and ended up being so. So I graduated and, and joined Morgan's tech uh, banking team. 
So there is working on all different kinds of transactions, whether it's the IPOs, M&A, you know, companies raising debt, companies raising private funding, um, all different sectors within technology, um, and really gave me a sense of the, the landscape for both tech and investing. Um, and I think one thing I did see, I really liked working with management teams. I thought it was really cool to, to be working with, in, you know, basically CEOs at a young age. And then I also saw that from the investor standpoint, a lot of the investors had meaningful impact on uh, the companies they were working with in terms of helping them grow. And so that kind of led me to think more about investing. And so ended up uh, you know, looking at different styles of investing and, and growth equity really resonated with me. And so I ended up at General Atlantic uh, where I am now. Um, yeah, and so I've been here around two years. Awesome. So since you did work in two different industries, can you talk about um, what you learned in each one and how were the skills that you learned in both like transferable? I think uh, for first, well, working at Meta, I think a lot of the um, skills around coding, it's a very technical and, and analytical kind of uh, skill and just coding and, and software engineering. And so, you know, it's really about like problem solving. And I think that is a bit transferable um, on the investing side you know, from a technical perspective in terms of like modeling is, is somewhat similar to, to coding and you're like modeling out of, you know, financial, um, a financial plan for a company, uh, but also just the problem solving perspective and thinking about, you know, what are like the key levers of growth for a company and like, how can you maximize the impact the company has and just having a kind of problem solving mindset. Um, I think I really got that from uh, coding for, for a very long time. Uh, so I think that's one skill that's been pretty transferable. Um, so I know in our previous conversation, you were talking about how when you moved into the investing space, um, some of your peers came with a more like finance background. Um, so when you came in, like what was the biggest learning curve for you and how did you overcome it? Yeah, definitely. I think I, I faced this um, once I switched to more of a finance uh, finance role because because I studied um, as I mentioned I was not studying like finance or um, I didn't even major in economics or anything kind of related so um, and I definitely came in with peers who were like modeling in, in undergrad and and you know definitely had um, a stronger skill set than I had at first and so I think it really took just a lot of um, a lot of prep work. I, I reached out to people who had experience in the field and they gave me a lot of advice in terms of like resources to use and, you know, what's most important to learn. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of resources on the internet. And so it was really about kind of teaching myself um, some of the basics. And um, I think in, you know, I think in the first, particularly in banking in the first, you know, three, six months or so on a job, I was probably doing a little bit more work um, just on my own. Um, relative to my peers, just try to make sure that I understood the financial concept really well. You know, I was doing like practice, you know, doing practice, you know, model on the side, you know, on the weekends and things like that, just to make sure that I knew I had a strong financial skill set. Because I think that's something I, I kind of came in, um, you know, without having a, having studied that in, in undergrad. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so it definitely took a lot of kind of extra work, I think. Mm -hmm. but it looks like it all paid off yeah definitely all paid off and I think if you as long as you're resourceful and like reaching out to people for advice you can definitely mm -hmm. ramp up when you know switching to a new industry um, or a new job can I ask was Wall Street Prep one of the resources you were recommended 
Yeah, I think I think so. I think Wall Street Prep and there were definitely a few others online. Um, I kind of forget some of the exact names, but I mm-hmm. think so. Okay. Just curious because at college they like drilled Wall Street Prep into us. Uh, so <laughs> I'm sure that's one that was recommended. Um, so now moving into um, your experience at Gender Atlantic, um, since you were on the product side before at Facebook, um, how was that different than now being on the investment side? Yeah, definitely. There's more thinking high level and big picture in addition to like focusing on the details. Basically, you have to have a high level understanding of, you know, what are the key drivers of growth for a business or like what are the key problem areas to focus on and then be able to drill deep and um, and really analyze a, t- a particular topic. Um, and so I think, you know, versus my time at Meta and in software engineering, it was more your focus on working on a very specific, a very small and specific um, part of this of an app or or a larger program, and and so um, it you don't have to think as like high level as much, uh, particularly when you're in like an earlier software engineer. Um, so I think there's a little bit of of a different skill set um, between like thinking high level, uh, yeah. Gotcha. Um... So since Gen Atlantic is focused on, focused on computer software and services, um, do you feel like your experience at uh, Facebook and JP Morgan translated here? And if like, how did it translate? Yeah, definitely. I think um, my time, particularly at Facebook, I think just understanding the product and like the product life cycle, like understanding what it takes from ideation to actually writing the code, to testing it out, to like you know, you doing UI UX um, research, you know, then you roll it out to a small portion of the population, see how it goes, and you roll it out broader. So just understanding the whole process and what it takes um, from an operational perspective uh, and from a from a coding perspective. I think that was really helpful in terms of advising companies. Um, and also just understanding a lot of concepts within uh, within software engineering. I remember working in banking on working with a company that was raising money and it was a DevOps uh, company. And I was very, very familiar with like a lot of the details of the different features that they offer and everything, because I had been like a software engineer and like had to use similar products. And so I was able to like, I was even explaining that to like my MD, you know, at the time, like all the details and features. Cause and that, so it, in that situation it was very helpful um, having been a software engineer and, and like understanding more detail of the technicals around um, around the software. So it's definitely been helpful. Oh, that's awesome. So I'm curious to know, um, since there are so many PE firms out there, how did you learn about General Atlantic and what really attracted you towards that uh, firm? I guess I kind of heard about it just doing research and talking to friends. I think I'd you know, known one or two people who maybe worked there and just kind of doing research on the space. And I think to me, it seemed like they had really pioneered the growth equity investing, which is, you know, focusing on um, investing in really high growth companies and um, working with management teams to help them um, either like improve their products or create new products or do M&A or basically just helping to improve the business and and generate, you know, returns by growth versus, Mm -hmm. um, you know, applying debt to the business or relying on some financial structuring um, or things of that nature. So I think it really resonated with me and that really great companies in the world 
don't need like a significant amount of help or significant transformation, but they just really need some strategic advice on like key areas. And that's kind of, you know, where a firm, a growth equity firm would step in and, and help and, and be a partner. That that led me to take a look at, at General Atlantic and um, I ended up uh, interview, interviewing and joining the team. Oh, that's awesome. Another question I had, this is also off the script. Um, so given that we are in like a high interest rate environment, like how is that affecting the portfolio companies you're working with if it is because they are like higher growth companies? Yeah, I'll, I'll speak to, I guess I'll speak to kind of growth stage, my view of growth stage companies broadly. Um, mm -hmm. I think you know, we used to be as you know, we used to be in a low interest rate environment, which means that cost of capital used to be pretty low, and so companies could pretty cheaply invest in different initiatives, help grow the business. And now that interest rates are higher, it's more expensive to you know invest that capital in, into the businesses. And so, um, and I think along with the along with the lower interest rate environment, you know, there was a lot of capital, um, and so. A lot of funding went to businesses that, you know, might have had business models that were not as sustainable in higher interest rate environments where the cost of capital is higher. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I think there were a lot of businesses, I think there were a number of businesses that uh, were funded that, you know, might, might not, you know, might not have been funded in this current environment. And so I think we're kind of seeing a shift now towards, um uh, you know, companies, basically companies surviving that have, that are more profitable, that have stronger economics, um, that are more efficient with like their investment and strategy and, and the capital they use. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's, it's helped. Uh, I think it's helped kind of reveal the kind of companies that have very strong business models um, and they're, they're doing pretty well, um, even, even this shift in, in the environment. Okay. Interesting. Um, and then finally, one last question about General Atlantic. So, of course, everyone is not coming with, you know, study the same majors or from the same career background. So I guess, is there like a general like track they're coming on? Like where, like what backgrounds do people usually come from and how does this help the investment team? Yeah, definitely. So there's definitely a variety of backgrounds. Um, I think right now we, there are people um, who come straight out of undergrad. A lot of times they'll either have finance or like tech internships um, and uh, or like venture capital internships. Um, and we have an analyst program that's uh, primarily focused on sourcing. So helping doing, helping you know, reach out to companies for new potential investment, helping with thematic research and figuring out, okay, you know, what are the key themes that are interesting to us, um, you know, for potential investment. Um, and so that's definitely one path where you, know, you can come, come straight out of undergrad. Um, there's another path, you know, like myself, there's a number of people who came from investment banking. Um, and so there in banking, it, you're more focused on, um, you build basically you're working on a bunch of transactions and deals and in doing that, you're building a financial skill set in terms of modeling and things like the evaluation and things like that. And so that's one path I think coming from investment banking. Um, and I think there are others who have now you're there are a lot. It wasn't as much the case, I think, when I was in college, but now there are a lot of firms, a lot more firms that are like either PE or growth equity or VC where you can um, 
you know, you could like do PE right out of um, undergrad and not do banking. Um, so I think that's a path that some people take and then eventually come to a place uh, like General Atlantic. So I think there's a lot of different, um, there's definitely a lot of different paths to take. Um, wanted to shift gears again. Um, so you've worked in traditionally male-dominated fields, um, tech, investment banking, and now private equity. So how did you kind of acclimate and become comfortable working in these fields? And was there anything you'd wish you'd done differently or more of? And then on the flip side, something you did that you're really happy you did that helped you? Yeah, I think the hardest thing was building like a just kind of normal kind of friendship and relationships. I think a lot of times in a male-dominated field, sometimes like a lot of the guys will get together and do things that or do like activities where girls typically wouldn't be there. For example, I think one of my, one of the, you know, jobs I had, there were um, a lot of the, it was a male dominated team and they would get together and like play basketball, you know, every morning or something like that. And, um, you know, that's something I wouldn't probably do with them, but I just kind of had to, I just kind of like proactively thought of other activities we could do um you know that would probably be more comfortable for both men and women to do together um and so it was and so a lot of times that won't that might not necessarily like come up like you may have to proactively create those opportunities and to kind of like hang out and build relationships outside of just doing work uh, so I think it took a little effort um extra effort on my part but I think that's something that really helped out um in, in a field where, you know, that's, you know, male dominated. Got it. Okay. Um, and then what advice do you have for listeners who are interested in private equity and might want to enter if they're in high school or college, how can they kind of jumpstart that? One, I think definitely having a strong uh, financial skill set is pretty important, particularly as you're, as you go like later stage, like if you're in kind of growth equity or, or more traditional like buyout, private equity, or even like hedge fund public equity. Um, I think it matters a little bit more as you get more um, later stage. Uh, so I think having that skill set, whether that's studying um, finance in college or doing an investment banking internship or working investment banking full time and then going into the industry, I think that's very important. Um, and just, I think, being curious about businesses and understand you know, why, what makes a good and bad businesses, you know, following key themes or, or industries that are interesting to you and just having a, a curiosity about the space um, is also pretty important. Okay. And then one last question. Um, since you pivoted a couple of times in your career path, what advice do you have for someone who may be unsatisfied with their current career and is looking to switch? One, I think definitely speaking with um, other colleagues or mentors um, in different spaces and understanding uh, what the what different jobs might be like. I remember um, with investment banking, I I never interned in banking, um, even, but I had a lot of friends at Princeton who were interned in banking, so I kind of got a sense of what it was like and um, got a sense of you know some people did banking and then ended up going to investment roles, and so understood that that was um, that was like a potential path that could be interesting, and so I think definitely looking around and seeing what a lot of your peers are doing um, outside of, you know, what you're, what you're currently working on is, um, is really important. And yeah, I think also like having um, mentors as well, who are, you know, more senior than you and um, have been working for a while can give you really good advice is important. Um, and then, yeah, having a pivot in terms of career can be really tough in terms of 
just getting up to speed uh, with peers who might have been in that industry for longer or have a stronger skill set at first and whatnot. But I think you, if you can be resourceful and um, and again, just kind of keep asking for advice, you can learn how to get up to speed pretty quickly. And, um, and so I think just not being intimidated by that is, is important. Mm, okay. So it sounds like overall, just being like very proactive and mindful of like your interests and then people who have that experience and who can help you out and kind of guide you. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Awesome. Well, that wraps up our time together, but a huge thank you, Taylor, for coming on the podcast and sharing your story with us. I think it has shown me and hopefully our listeners that you can change your career at any point and having pivots in your career can actually be very beneficial and helpful as you go into different jobs. Um, and yes. a thank you to our listeners for tuning into this week's podcast and supporting Girls Into DC. Make sure to check out our website, girlsintodc.com and follow us on our social media at Girls Into DC. Join us every Wednesday to hear from female venture capitalists, entrepreneurs, innovators, and advocates about their career paths and lessons they have learned along the way. See you soon.